The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall. I am the CEO at diverseandengaged.com. I'm a DEI thought leader and a LinkedIn top voice. I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey there, D. I'm Mita Malik, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, a business leader, a LinkedIn top voice, and most importantly, a mom. And Mita and I started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplaces from my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. And at the table, we unpack it all. We don't leave any juicy details out. And then we provide you with the tips that you need, not on how to survive, but how do you thrive in organizations wherever you are. All right. So, Mita, what are we talking about on today's show? All right, D, buckle up. Are you ready? Don't lay people off over email. Just don't do it. Don't lay people off over email. Please just don't do it. We're going to spill some tea. We're going to share some stories. We're going to get into it and, of course, leave some tips at the end. But, D, are you hearing about what's happening in the marketplace and all these layoffs and people getting laid off by email? This is insane. It really is insane. While I don't agree with email, it is so impersonal and it's so disrespectful. It's such a disregard for, I mean, companies thrive off of talent. It's the people. It is not even the customers yet. You have to first have the people that can deliver the product, the service, or the good, the stakeholders, the consumers. So it's such a disregard. It's so painful, but there's a but. But I am wondering how large corporations manage the volume. I mean, I guess they, they, you know what? No, they really should be able to manage the volume. That's an excuse. You're right, because they have managers and they report to the managers and then they have to have conversations with the manager. So the manager should be able to have a conversation. Here's what I think it is. I found the loop. I found the gap. You know what the gap is? It's It used to be that there was HR or an external firm that managed the conversations. Think about it, Mita. The managers never, or I will say managers rarely had the responsibility of telling us your job is being eliminated, right? It was an external firm or HR, okay? So now if the manager is not the person to have the conversation because the manager wasn't the person back then, the manager today is may not be equipped, okay? They are not equipped. Not may not. They are not equipped. Go back to the other, another episode, right? Other episode, we had this conversation. In this season, we're talking a lot about layoffs. We're talking about layoffs that are being recorded. And we're talking about today, managers that aren't equipped to have layoff conversations. So the email is the cop-out and I'm tired of it because Google had layoffs, right? And one of their employees found out over email 
that he was being let go. He worked there for over two decades. Shut up. Now, the balance is, yeah, over two decades, 20 years, and he finds out over email. He was on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, right? X, right? <laughs> Let me Google it. No pun intended. Wait, yeah, what is I it? mean, so I just am like, whether I've worked here two months or I've worked here 20 years, it's an email conversation. And you know what I find fascinating? You've talked about this because a lot of your clients are in tech. Tech is a younger industry compared to consumer product goods, many managers have not been trained or equipped. And so they're going into these conversations, either botching them and being recorded. They don't know what to do or say. And then the employer is like, oh, we can't have me to have these conversations anymore. We're just going to send an email. And guess what? The person wakes up and they're locked out of their computer because the email went to their personal email. Because they've been locked out and everything's been shut down. I mean, what world are we living in that you are showing up to work, giving everything you have, trying to make an impact, and you find out over email or text in another case, D. I was doing research, text. People woke up to text, text because they had their phone on from a company that was alerting them over text that they were no longer needed. Tech, because it's an adolescent industry, I'll never forget. I mean, I've shared the story years ago when we got our first tech client, they called, they let me know. FYI, the oldest person at this company is 35 years old. So, and when they came to get us in the lobby, they were wearing khakis and Biggie Small was playing in the lobby on the loudspeaker. But let me just say this. So, right. So it's an issue of process, right? Like the process of managing volume. And it's an issue of speaking the language and the method that we speak now. See, here's the thing. Today we speak in email, we speak in text and Slack and chats and 140 characters, right? So in some industries, they believe that that is appropriate versus if you roll back 25, 30 years ago, you had to have live conversations because that was the, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm still looking into, you have to think about how do we communicate today? And D, as you rightfully brought up, looking at the history of work and how our workplaces continue to evolve, if you were looking even 20, 30 years ago, outplacement firms, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but it would be, D's gonna let me go. There's HR in the room. D actually says, Mita, it's your last day. Thanks for everything. Leaves. Then HR slips me the envelope. And then they send me to the conference room next door where Mary is sitting there. And Mary's from the outplacement. Oh, poor Mary. Maybe there's EAP there because I'm upset. You know, there is employee assistance program there helping as well. But because of cost savings and because of how work has evolved, that's no longer available. And I love what you bring up about communication and language. Many of us are no longer equipped to have face-to-face conversations. We don't even know what that looks like to sit down and have that conversation live. But let's pivot. So we're telling people, do not lay off by an email. Listen, if there's one thing you get out of today's episodes, thank you for being here at the Brown Table Talk. Do not lay people off by email. And don't be a bystander. If you see these conversations happening, be like, that's not a good idea. We can't do that. But D, in light of that, let's help our audience. Like, how do you have a good layoff conversation as a leader? Like, 
if you were going to let me go, what does that conversation look like? And again, let's stick to restructuring and mass layoffs versus a performance issue. I think always the best approach is communication as much as you can, right? And I think it's broad. And there was something many, many years ago that I learned and it became part of my career journey. And then, you know, when I did executive coaching for high level, high ranking, high profile leaders, it was a first experience of being laid off where I was escorted out with my little box. Oh, and my man- I had that too. Yes, yes. My manager walked me out. I had security walk me out. Oh, well, you know what? It might've been, the manager might've managed that. I think he might've managed it. He offered, he said, do you mind? Would you? And it was okay. Cause I knew even as young as I was, let me tell you what I knew. I knew it wasn't personal. I knew there was a new CEO. Listen to this and everybody write this down. I know it's super old school, but it's a, it's a really good, great concept. It's who moved my cheese. And it was a tiny little book, a tiny little read, but a powerful lesson about never being surprised and not taking it personal. You know what that does? It shows a level of maturity. So when I was escorted out, when the manager brought me in, and at the time the manager did bring me in, and then they offered Lee Heck Harrison, which was the outplacement. Um, oh, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was first a manager conversation, then it was the outplacement. But here's the deal why I was able to keep it together. And I think what people need to really understand, and I think the, the question that you're asking me, Nita, is that it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone because you should be paying attention that the handwriting is on the wall. If industry is changing, if business is changing, if whatever, you should look at and see profit, quarterly earnings. You should be an investor, a stockholder, if you can, if you can, and just pay attention so that it is not a surprise that there's a potential. Because if there is a surprise and it is often an indication that I am uninformed. I'm ill-informed about the industry, about the company. And so the question that I'm going to say, you ask the question, what should we do? I think it's the communication as much as you can early and often about we've got new leadership or we have some, you know, headwinds, tailwinds, like we've got some things that we are external factors. Let's just say that we are managing against our earnings or this, or we've got some, we did an M&A and, and this is happening, or we've been, you know, you've seen us in the news. So I think those broader conversations conversations about how the organization is really doing and the health of the organization. Be transparent about the broader so that then when it comes to that, you can have more specific conversations about then how we're going to be impacted or if we're going to be impacted. Um, Does that make sense? Just about the more conversation. It does. I think I want to make a distinction between the following two things. You should never be surprised by a layoff. I won't say never because I was actually surprised by my first layoff. And that was a lesson to me. Unlike you, my first layoff, very young, I was like, I was too busy looking down. I wasn't looking up and around. I wasn't studying what was happening in the company. And so it should have been very clear to me that layoffs were coming and I could have been on the list because again, it's not personal. It's massive restructuring. But I was surprised. I wasn't surprised the next time it happened, right? I knew it was coming. But here's what we're hearing in the marketplace, D. People are surprised by the way in which it's happening. I think you're, that's it. you're shutting everything down and you're sending an email to my Gmail, no pun intended because we're talking about Google and look up and you're like, oh my God, I can't even get into my work email or Slack or phone. Everything's been turned off. And now I go to my personal device and I see, oh, you are no longer needed. Services no longer required. That is just so inhumane. It just breaks my heart. Are you kidding me? After 
the amount of time and hours I've put into the workplace, you, there's not a courtesy of a conversation. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. And I think it's not the right thing to do ever, but particularly in this season, people are really, I'm going to say skating, floating on thin ice in terms of their psychological safety and their mental wellness. You never know what kinds of things are happening at home. And so those things could send certain people over. So I don't want to say that all of us are strong and can handle these conversations. I want to be sensitive to people who are already on the verge of something, on the verge of a break or on the verge of a financial crisis. And so I'm sensitive to that. And so I, I just think companies got to have to figure it out a bit better about what's the next iteration of outplacement surface. That, that's what it really is. Right. It is. Except I would also say that we talk about this a lot on the Brown Table Talk podcast. Thank you for being here with us today. It is not a right. It is a privilege to lead. It is a privilege to lead other people and manage and grow their careers. So similarly, with that privilege, you have the tough calls. You might not agree with the layoff, but if you're a leader, you have to show up with kindness and grace in the conversation. And so when I'm talking to Dee and having to let her go, I have the talking points. There should be training around this. There should be a few talking points, business related, why we're restructuring the marketplace, what we're trying to do next, and gratitude. Thank you so much for your time here. And we will be sending additional details. And the other thing I want to say is to the person who is doing the layoff conversation. Don't make it about you. Don't cry. Don't make excuses. Don't say, I'm so sorry, yada, yada, yada. And if Dee gets upset and she's crying, let her process the emotions. I think people are too scared to have these conversations. That's why they're leaning on the email. They don't want to do it. And I'm saying, if you have big teams and you are a leader, that's part of the job. I think you're right. It's an awkward, uncomfortable. And it is you know, terrible. I've had to do it. It's horrible. But you have to do it. It is, it is part of the job you signed up for. No one wants to do a layoff conversation and no one wants to be on the receiving end. Like it's just something that nobody wants to do. And it's the cost of doing business. It is. But again, this will go back to my point that I've made so often here on the show about there. 
I just believe in the best of people. People are brilliant and talented, but not all people are equipped to be leaders. And so people who are brilliant and talented and highly competent in doing what they know how to do are not the same people that are equipped to to lead and to have conversations, but I also will point it back to companies have a responsibility to do better with inclusive leadership, right? Like, so at diverseandengage.com, that's the work that we do is we work with leaders, which is why you always hear me leaning on the leaders. This is about EQ. This is about inclusive leadership and being equipped and also leaving people with their dignity that you could be highly competent in your job you do this job really well, but is the leadership role, is that role for you? Probably not because you are accountable to and for people. And guess what? And it's all people. And so this point that you made about it's hard or difficult, or they're afraid to have conversations, that is a leadership fail that you cannot have crucial, critical conversations. And we've talked about even tiptoeing around fragility, okay? There's a little piece of this fragility management in these conversations, but it, there has to be a better way. I think the easy and obvious way is for manager, leaders have to have the conversation and it has to be, and let me tell you something. It's not that difficult to figure it out because I'm gonna go back to your point at the beginning of the show. This is basically two managers, one manager removed, having the conversation with the manager. And guess what? That's a realistic number. You know why? Because they manage those people. They manage the people. They can do it. They can do it. They can do it. They can do it. The numbers make sense. The number. So I don't care if you're big tech thousand. Now look, big tech, we have big tech. Our clients are Fortune 10. And so there are thousands, thousands, thousands of people. But from a management perspective, that's a function that you can touch because the manager only has so many direct reports, right? Manager only has so many direct reports. That's a manageable number, right? If it comes from the manager and then if they need the plus one, it's that next level that supports. And in defense of the manager, I'm going to show up for the managers here for a second. Companies keep cutting costs and keep cutting things, but they're not upskilling and replacing. So back to your point on who used to do these conversations, HR, outplacement services, people teams are being caught. I don't know a company now, at least in tech, no one's using outplacement services that I know of. And so you're like, well, then you're not upskilling your managers. And so then the managers are left un able, unequipped. They haven't been educated on how to do this. And so call DC Marshall, call diverseandengage.com, get help if you need help, because it's a not a quick training, but it is a training that needs to happen because guess what? Layoffs aren't going away. If you want to lead and you want to lead big team friends, you're going to have to do this. The economy is going to go up and down. You will hire more people than you need. And then you realize that and you say, oh, now I have to downsize. And so these conversations are just part of how we do business now. And so I don't understand why companies aren't upskilling leaders to have these conversations. It's infuriating. Send an email. Send an email to tell me, thank you for your 20 years of service. Thank you for your one year. Thank you for five months. You've invested time there regardless. You deserve a conversation. Five minutes, 10 minutes. That's it. Period. Done. Nothing else to discuss. (laughs) That just hurts my heart, especially for tenured. I mean, you I mean, you make a point, whether it's five months, five years, 50, but it hurts my heart because I know for those folks, it's hard to not have your life, your livelihood and your identity, your just whole identity. I mean, I, I'm grateful 
for those who don't have that issue. But there are people that if you've been with a company 20 years, it's so, it's unfortunate. And the company is the people. You've helped build things. You've helped build products and services. You've been a part of the success. You built the company, to be quite honest. You built the company. You built the company. And the gratitude the company is going to show you is an email in response. That's what they're going to send you. There's just no excuse for it. Anyways, I just, I can't, I can't find an excuse for how you would do that. But your point, and we'll go back, we'll go into tips now, but your point on communications is spot on. Because how we've changed how we communicate, people feel like it's acceptable now to share tough news, bad news, just in a one-line email. You know what I just had? Last thing, I know you said last. The other thing, you know, there is no level of accountability, though. I think if for younger adolescent companies, they have no real reporting up. If I'm the CEO and I'm 35 and it's, you know, tech, I can send an email and I don't, I don't really care what people think or say it's my company. And so I think there's another piece of that, that falls outside of labor laws. I think this is more about companies deciding who they want to be. And then it's also about employees taking the power to advocate for the kind of workforce experience they want in these United States. So I feel like that could be a whole nother conversation. Absolutely. But you know, they're going to go to TikTok. They're going to go to LinkedIn. They're going to go to Instagram. They're going to tweet. They're going to go share all these experiences. That's what we keep seeing happening. So when companies get it wrong and you'll get it wrong. And here's a, listen, this is what D and I are saying. You don't have to get this wrong. We're telling you how to get it right. Right. You get things wrong. This is something that you should not get wrong. This is like, because layoffs don't happen overnight. A massive restructuring has taken months to plan. So plan for how you're also going to let people know how they're moving on. That's what we're saying. But I will say this as we head into tips. There's such a big difference between private and public companies, isn't there, as you're saying, to those listening in. Because with public companies, it's all about the, the shareholder value and the stock price, right? And so what you're saying is with private companies, there's less controls because, of, you know, D is the CEO and founder. D is accountable to herself, right? D is the sole investor. It's D's company. And so that's an interesting balance of how do you find there? All right, over to tips. All right, D, another juicy topic. We are now headed into tips. I'm going to hand it over to you, friend, for one and two, and I'll close this out with three. All right, tip number one. It's really clean, clear, and simple. It's communicate. I think leaders have a responsibility to bring people along the journey by communicating broadly, high level about the state of the organization, the state of the company. Tip number two, as a leader, allies, remember, treat people how you want to be handled. Why? Because millennials and Gen Z are the largest demographic in the workforce, and pretty soon they will be the boss. So treat others how you want to be treated in a layoff. Oof, number three, it's time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, friends. If you are in business, layoffs are going to happen. And so it's time to embrace upskilling yourself on how to have these conversations live and how to, as Dia is saying, show people kindness, grace, and respect as they move on to their next chapter. 
Thank you for being here with us. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with someone who needs to hear it today. Please review, please subscribe, and we will see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com. Thank you.